Here at the Planning Podcast, we believe that half of financial literacy is about knowledge. Now that other half, now that's about lifestyle. It's where you live. It's the way you move. So together, we are going to demystify this good old world of finance and wealth building through our intentional guests and dialogue. Make sure you subscribe, stay tuned, and of course, stay planning. Good people, welcome to the Planning Podcast. As you can see here, we have a special guest, Pro Bowler James Bradbury. Now, real quick, so, you know, you're sitting amongst two athletes. Um, uh, as they like to say, I think I believe James is one of the top cornerbacks, you know, in, in the league right now. Um, if you've been watching the news, ESPN Sports Center, they've, I think it's been unintentional, but they've been a, they've excluded my name, Isaac Cooper. So, uh, <laughs> but look, hey, let's let's jump in, James. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you having me. Bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, let's start uh, showing you some respect, bro. Yeah, man. Look, man. Start showing you some respect. You know, and I and I keep I keep my cleats in the trunk just in case. Just in case. You know, we need to uh, exemplify some of the uh, tap dancing capabilities I have on football fields. How about that? Nah, how long does it take you to warm up now? You know, at that's this point in your career. You know, we'll we'll, we'll say a good solid uh, eighteen minutes. Eighteen. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. smooth. Yeah, yeah. That's smooth. <laughs> I need at least thirty. I need at least thirty. At least thirty. Well, you you know you operate at a high level, so and and, and it makes sense. So let's let's do this. Tell us, tell the audience about James Bradbury. So we we see you on. Mondays, Sundays, Thursdays, right? Whenever, whenever mm-hmm. there's a game. But let's talk about pre NFL, pre college. Let's get into. All right, let's talk about high school. What, like, what, what got you into athletics and some of the sports that you were able to play? Well, like I've always played sports, and um, when I was growing up, I went to the Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. So we always played in the gym, played outside. So I was always into act, like athletic act- activities, right? Um, so that sparked my uh, interest in the football. And before I was playing football, I was playing soccer. Mm. I did that for two years, but I really wanted to uh, play football. And like, cause so when I was at the Boys and Girls Club in Hueytown, I would get there after school. Right. My friends would then get picked up and get, get taken to football practice. Right. And I would, right. I'm like, I'm gonna go to football practice. Too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and we would pass them right. on my way home, like the Hueytown football field, mm. State of Pleasant Grove. So we passed him, and I would always, like, I want to go out there and play with them. Right. You know, because my right. friends were out there. So that was, like, my first – that's when I first got my, like, uh, interest into football. I mm-hmm. at the Boys and Girls Club and been mm-hmm. one of my friends and stuff. So let, we, we got to shout out PG. You know, PG. I, I definitely mentioned Pleasant Grove. And, you know, one thing that we see – and I, I if y'all don't know, I played soccer for about 10 years, Jamaican by blood. Um, what, what I love seeing is that when we are able to witness some of our top professional athletes – and hear more of their backstory about how different sports played into the, the current sport in which they dominate. So you played basketball, football, soccer. That was yeah, Tell us about some of the different sports that you played. I played soccer and football and basketball were my primary sports. Okay. But I also played a little soccer, a little baseball when I was early on. Baseball wasn't really my thing. Mm-hmm. Like it was too boring. Soccer, I couldn't play soccer and football at the same time, so I chose That's football. Right. That's right. Uh, but basketball was like my first love. Mm. Um and like you were saying, uh, how does it help me with like my main sport now? Like I play, I'm a football player, so right. uh, I play corner, and all of my, most of my movements, 
I'm going backwards. Mm. Um, of course, like as a as a human, we we naturally go forward, so right. we're used to that. You know, being able to run forward and whatnot. Uh, but most people don't know how to really move backwards. Yeah. And uh, playing basketball, I was a um, I was primarily a defender, so I took I took pride in that. Right, right, uh, right. As a defender in basketball, you primarily move like at a backwards angle. Uh, it might not be directly backwards, but right. it's at an angle going backwards. So, so you had a Dennis Rodman poster in your room. I didn't really have too many posters, okay. but he was. If a I good did, guy. if I did have a poster, he'd probably Dennis right, Rodman. Right, right, right. That's right. That's I was right. A defender. That's, like he was rebounder, dish it out, get yeah. it out to the playmakers and get to going. That's a good and that's a good point because you know, one of the arguments that we've heard or hey, you know, is what's the hardest position to play? But, but like before we even get into that, or even if, even if we get into that, just the starting point of a defensive back having to backpedal, that mm-hmm. being their uh initial movement, but also being comfortable backpedaling, right? Mm-hmm. Um and the unique crossover with basketball and football, specifically the defensive back position, cornerback specifically as well, is body control, right? And so there's, you know, so much activity that happens before the play, during the play, but there's that one point which they call the high point, right? You got to go up and get the ball. You know, do you feel like some of the basketball exposure, not only backpedaling, but also Body control as you go up and get the ball at a high point. Did that help with some of the crossover with football? Uh, for sure. I feel like um, just being able to, because in basketball, like when you're primarily a rebounder, you have to judge. You have to be able to. Remember, you remember in, in the documentary uh, about Michael Jordan and the Bulls and whatnot. Mm. Rodman was in there talking about how like hit the goal this way, bum 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 bum. Right, right. But if you play basketball and you as a rebounder, you understand what he's talking about because you have to anticipate which way the ball's gonna go based off the angle. Yada yada yada. Like right. of course, I didn't understand. I didn't. I, I was thinking like that then. Right. I didn't really know how to explain it. That's a good. Point. But now I know how to explain it. Right. Because now I understand how I was thinking back then. So yeah, you gotta be able to like anticipate and be able to judge the ball in the air and the flight of it. Right. You feel me? Right. When it's coming in from the quarterback. The same way when a uh, shooter is shooting off the basketball mm. or shooting and it's about to go towards the basketball goal, you got to judge the angle and where you anticipate it's going to go mm. and be mm. able to, of course, jump and be athletic and go get it. Yeah, you got that right. And it, so it there's that argument of, you know, how many sports should an athlete play in high school? Of course, college is a bit limited. So do you feel like playing multiple sports growing up or even in high school, that was a good part of the equation of the James Bradbury we see today? For sure. Um, yeah, I wish I, one sport I wish I would have kept playing was, uh, baseball mm-hmm. because that also helps with your, your hand-eye coordination. Right. Because right. as, as a defender, you have to be able to judge yes. the flight of the ball. Right. And of course, as a hitter too, you have to be able to judge, be able to make quick reaction. Right. Right. Judge the flight of the ball when it's coming in from the pitcher. Um, so I feel like I, I have better ball skills right. if I would have kept playing baseball, but I feel like I got pretty ball, pretty, pretty good ball skills now too. Right. So, right. That's good. That's good. So we were able to hear about James Bradbury, high school, multi-sport athlete. Um, how are you in the classroom? Um, I was pretty good in the classroom. I think I graduated with a 3.8. Okay. Yeah, I was I was straight. You know, my mom was really tough on me about my, my academics. Yeah. Shout out, mom. Shout out, Miss yeah, Bradbury. Yeah. 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 I, I got her. Thank her for being on me so much about my academics because I don't think my GPA would have been as high. Yeah. As she not. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just natural, you know. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Yeah. As an athlete, too, like you're not really. I'm trying to play sports. I'm trying to play sports. So 
it's tough to come home and do your work when you just spent three hours right at the court right the field at a high level right and 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 I and I think what what's um, <laughs> one anyone that says they uh, their GPA out loud they they pre- they did pretty good in the academics because someone so, said how was your academics I'm like, I did I ain't gonna say as long as you graduate but yeah I don't know. Yeah. I mean, as long as you graduate, yeah, for yeah. sure. Because yeah. if you graduate, that means you're doing something right. Right, right. Um, but you also want to take academics seriously because yeah. I feel like it um, it helps you comprehend things as you get older. Right. Just your comprehending skills. And and I think one of the one of the you know the way in which you represent yourself in different interviews and how you communicate your body language, all of that you know really exemplifies you know the confidence and and even word choice and so it's a really good example for others and so i think it's good for even our younger audience that when they see someone hey that's the pro bowler you know top performer in the nfl but he still you know ensures that education is a very important aspect of, of their of their uh, development so that's a, that's a really good point so before we get into our commonality, which is Sanford University, mm-hmm. both Bulldogs, tell us about what got you to uh, the collegiate realm. So it sounds like you made a little noise in high school, you know, where they was like, sure. hey, let's, 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 let's holler at this young brother here. So te- tell us about that that whole overall experience. Uh, looking back on it, you know, um, a lot of people say I should have went to a bigger school mm-hmm. just based off, uh, I think, because I ended up in the league, honestly. Right. Um, <laughs> That's but- a good observation. I was a late bloomer when I was in high school. Like my junior year, I was primarily a safety. Um, and in my sophomore year, I was primarily an offensive player. Right. So I didn't really play a whole lot of defense. And my senior year, I, I came on the scene. I played corner primarily. And I got nine picks that year. All right. But, you know, most guys that go to the big schools, they already got their offers, you know. Yeah, yeah. By your right. sophomore, junior year. So That's right. My senior year, my senior year, um, you know, I made some noise. I had nine picks. Right, And right. then during the basketball season, after my holiday tape went out, that's when uh, school started coming, catching on to me. Chattanooga, Sanford, UAB, uh, Tennessee State. Um, I know Clemson that came to school one time, but they mm. didn't offer me. Yeah, you know? yeah. That, that was a good moment, though. Oh, Clemson's here. Uh, can we get James Bradbury to come down to the field house? Man. <laughs> it gets, man, you know what? Looking back on it, you know, because nowadays you got social media. Yep. And you guys always posting every offer they get. Every on Twitter. Every boom, offer. Boom, boom. You know, it's even guys that even lie about their offers. Right. You know, and they it. even got their offers. Right. Or they, that doesn't have an offer, you know. Right. You don't really have an offer until you get that sheet of paper from it's, that school. It's official. It's right. Official, right. You know. Um and that's a bar. Hopefully y'all caught that. Like hey, you know, everybody gets letters, but it's the handwritten ones that are important. And everybody get offers, but it's still it, it's the it's a it gotta be official. Send them uh that FedEx in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So the we had other schools that caught on late, late bloomer, which that makes sense, because mm-hmm. usually a lot of the, you know, the, the bigger schools, they make their decision by the time they're juniors or so. Right? Sure. They, yeah. they try to lock them in pretty early. So attention by smaller schools. But it seems like that did not impact your mindset when you looked at your further really the, the future aspirations you had playing professionally. So mm-hmm. tell us about the initial school before you went into Sanford and, and, and also about that transition. Yeah, so initially I went to Arkansas State. And uh, like I said, when I was a senior in high school, I primarily played corner. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's the that's the position I felt more comfortable. That was my primarily primary uh position. Right. So that's the position I felt comfortable at. Um so when Arkansas State was recruiting me, uh they wanted me to play safety. And at the time, you know, of course, like most uh, high school athletes, they was worried about going D one. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to go D one, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I went to Arkansas State. Right, right, um, right. Went up there, they had me at safety from day one. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't even yeah, I had man safety that first uh, summer. Um, it was cool, you know. I had I was under Hugh Freeze, Coach Hugh Freeze, and he was a good coach. Uh, got a lot of respect for him, and we actually uh, won the conference title that That's year. So shout out, Coach Freeze, Coach Freeze. Um, and they kept winning after I left. Right, you right. Know, so uh, that was one of the decisions that when he was in, he was in a um, at a point in transitioning from Arkansas State to Ole Miss after that semester because we had done so well. Mm. So I remember I was in the meetings and I said, Coach Freeze leaving, I'm leaving. Because he, he recruited me and I don't want to be here for nobody else. So if he leave, I'm leaving. I'm gone. We had a team meeting like at 7 p.m. when after the season that ended. Right. They called us up there. They said, Coach Freeze leaving. That's my sign to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's my sign to do. That's good. And, it, and you know, and it, you know, we're looking at again a pro bowler currently. So it definitely led to, um, uh, uh, we'll say, some great results. Mm-hmm. So transitioning to Birmingham, Alabama, uh, good old Sanford University, go Bulldogs, uh, which I like to call DBU because, as you, as I mentioned earlier, <laughs> um, you know, we'll we'll speak with Skip and Shannon to make sure all of the charts and mail uh, Kuiper as well. That reflects uh, my athletic ability at cornerback, but uh, <laughs> you, gotta send your, you gotta send your film in. Yeah, I'm gonna send. Yeah, I'm gonna show them the warm up. That's how to run. Yeah, that's you gotta talk to run. <laughs> Shout out, Rocky. Uh, I need to hit up Rocky. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Um, so we have your transition now to Birmingham, mm-hmm. and now okay, we see James Bradbury and we see two letters next to his name: CB, cornerback. For sure. So you're at a position in which you are comfortable, you're confident, you know, of course, the skill set is there. You know, tell us about how Sanford was, um, you know, a good, well, there's two things I want to I hear about Sanford. Sanford's a D1AA school, FCS, right? Right. So uh, smaller university. So typically one would assume that there isn't a lot of eyes on a university based off of the size and, and the competition. Um, so I want to hear how, your thoughts of Sanford um, prior to you coming to Sanford, like, okay, I'm going to a smaller school, Coach Sullivan, Pat Sullivan, child mm-hmm. Coach Sullivan, rest in peace. Um, and I'm playing cornerback, which I want to play. Is this going to impact my ability to go to the league? Tell us a little bit more about your thinking going to a D1AA school. Yeah, so um, so going back to like me being a high schooler, I always wanted to play D1AA, right? That was the reason why I went to Arkansas State. I got up to Arkansas State, and we we won a lot of football games. I don't remember our record, right? But I remember, I remember just having that feeling like this is that there is no difference between this school and Sanford, right? A school that I thought about going to to go play corner, mm. you know. Um, and for me, like I was like I was thinking at the time, like I could go play cornerback in the NFL because that's around the time Richard Sherman was starting to build his name up. He was a big corner. And whatnot, and he played. He was press man. Right. That's what I wanted to do. Right. 
Um, so he gave me a lot of confidence in making a decision to go from Arkansas State to Sanford. And also thought about, like, at least I'm going to get my degree. That's the main thing. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <I said laughs> so, I'm going to get my degree. Right, right. And it's going to be from a, a school that's um, that's looked high. It's highly recommended from, from most get, people. From you got that right. That, you know, I believe Sanford was uh, ranked um, by Forbes, the number one university, I believe, in the state of Alabama. Um, and it's, it's pretty high up across the country. So, you, hey. It's some thoroughbreds that came up yeah, out yeah, of here, for I sure. Yeah, I don't keep up with the accolades, but I know it's a it's a very, very good school. You know, yeah. and I, I feel like the uh, degree that you get there, no matter what you get a degree in, it's, very, it's highly respected. You got that right. Um, so that was one of the reasons why I was cool with coming with coming to Sanford. Right. And then um, Coach Shea, he was a coach there. Shout out to Coach yeah, Shea. Yeah, shout out Coach Shea. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what he, that's what he hit you That's with. right. <laughs> but yeah, he... Um, I kept in contact with him a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, throughout uh, my my tenure at Arkansas State. So he was also played. He played a factor in me. He played a factor in me coming to uh, Sanford. Right, right. Um, and I, while I was at Sanford, you know, man, it, we had a lot of athletes there. Man, that's one thing that jumped off the board. Yeah, uh, when I got there, because I was there, we uh, we had Jaquas guitar. You know, we had Quas in our secondary. That's he got it. drafted. He was the year before me. He got drafted higher than me. Yeah. Second and round. And him played together yep. in the same secondary. So, yep. um, and he had Mike Pierce. Right. And then when I first got there, we had Nick Williams, of course. Yep. Yep. Like, he big as any yeah. D1, <laughs> D1 single-A uh, defensive tackle. That's a semi-truck with arms and legs, ultimately. Yeah, J- JT. Yep. Another yeah. semi-truck, you know, that take different fuel. <laughs> yeah, so when I got there, like, I felt like the talent was there. Yeah. And, of course, we didn't always put it together. Right. That's um, right. But That's the right. talent was there. That's for right. sure. That's right. That's a unique group. I, you know, shout out, shout out to my signing class. I know JT, Big Nick, we were both in the same signing, signing class. Uh, Corey White. And just even as you mentioned, Blue, the different quality of athletes at the different positions really just gave the like, all right, there's it's some ball players over here as well. Right. Sure. Um, so prior to you getting drafted, there was this development and evolution of, all right, this is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's usually a moment to where you stop for a second, someone taps you on the shoulder and say, mm-hmm. like, I think you may be able to go to the next level. Uh, when was that moment for you at Sanford? At Sanford? Um, ooh, that's a tough question. At Sanford. I don't know. It was kind of up and down, you know, because I always compared myself to other corners that were doing well across the Southern Conference mm-hmm. and across the FCS. Right. Um, so I would see guys that would get drafted, like B.W. Webb, mm. um, out of uh, William & Mary. Yep. Uh, Tremaine Johnson, he got drafted high. Um, Demetrius McCray out of App State. Right. Um, so I would try to compare myself to those type of guys. Like, they were similar in body type, except for B.W. Webb. Right. Um, so I knew, like, the biggest thing for FCS guys is running fast. You know, that's for small school guys in general. They want to see, can you run fast? Right, right. Um, so I knew... I didn't really see it until I got to the combine and I ran that four, that four, four, six, you know. And that's, you know, and when, when we think about even historically the size of cornerbacks, yeah. right, it's usually like 5'10", 5'11", mm-hmm. you know, even 5'9", to be able to, because, um, again, historically it would be, well, cornerbacks, larger cornerbacks may not have the as much fluid hips mm-hmm. as those that are a little bit more compact, right? Yeah. Um, and so... As you mentioned, Richard Sherman is someone that definitely upgraded the perspective of the type of profile of, of cornerbacks, the larger cornerbacks, mm-hmm. bigger. Um, 
and even as you mentioned, even coming out of a coming out of a FCS school, you know, there's certain skill sets you want to exemplify. But mm-hmm. hey, boy, you better be coming out. Of, you got to be blazing, right? You got to show some yeah. speed. So yeah, go yeah, go ahead. But while I was at Sanford too, like I didn't really have a, a whole lot of turnovers. Like every year, mm-hmm. I averaged two picks a year. Mm-hmm. I had two picks a year, so um, I wasn't I wasn't really creating a whole lot of turnovers. Right. Turnovers. Yep. But you know, people were kind of like just staying away from my side because. Most of the time I was pressed up over there and whatnot. And I think I had a lot of pass breakups, but they right. just wouldn't come to my side most of the right. time. Right, right, right. So that's tough. That so you um I just mentioned it in another podcast where Deion Sanders says, Look, y'all can't tell me I weren't the baddest man on the planet. You wouldn't throw to my side on first down. You wouldn't throw to my side on second down. You wouldn't throw to my side on third down. And when I went on pump return, you'll kick it the other way. Yeah. So from a stats percentage, like like you said, you're avoiding me because I'm a threat. But at the end of the day, when you look at the stats, it's not reflecting a lot of interceptions because they they know better. <laughs> yeah, because I um because I only I made third team All American my uh, last year there, and before then I wasn't on uh, any of the All American teams. Right. You know, right. so that's why like it was it was hard for me to say like yeah I'm, I'm finna go to the league. Mm. You know? So there was still that that uncertainty, which of course you know that that fuels the dog right in the sure. overall process, right? So. Then you get the invite to say, and hey, we want you to come to the combine. I knew I had to run a good 40. Yeah. I didn't care about any other drill, but yeah. the 40. <laughs> <laughs> Light it up. Yeah. Yeah, that's why like I feel like my drills at the combine, they weren't up to par with what I would have wanted mm-hmm. at, from a tech from a technique standpoint. Right. Uh but I ran a fast 40. Yeah. Uh but I knew I had to come by to kind of make up for like my drills and stuff. Yeah. 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 Now that I you know I remember watching seeing the uh when the numbers went up, I was like, all right, well, you know, uh we can go in and pack up the suitcase and uh keep it keep it moving. So yeah, shout out to you on that. That that was great work. Then of course the senior bowl, um, you know, that that was a, another value add for them to be able to see you live and, and operate. Um, and then, of course, you get drafted second round, right, by, by the Carolina Panthers. Um, a, a cool thing for me that I, of course, I, I just keep with the overall story is that I was able to witness one of the workouts, mm-hmm. you know, with the Carolina Panthers. You know, tell us tell us how, um, uh, how, not even a workout, tell us one of your favorite memories uh, about working with the Panthers and, and playing there. Yeah, so one of my favorite memories uh, from working out with the Panthers. Uh, so my coach at the time, when it, when I when I got drafted there, and he was also my D coordinator my second year, he worked me out um, for one of my individual pro days. Yeah. And throughout the throughout the combat, well, throughout throughout the um, the whole pro day that we had individual pro day, you know, he was pushing me. You right, know, right, right. He was, you know, telling me to get here, get there. You know, he wanted to see. I feel like he wants to see you. He want he wanted to see me in distress. Mm. Throughout my drills, just to really see how good someone's footwork is. You know, right. you can you can tempo drills. That's a good point. Yeah. And you can kind of get by with saying I got good feet, but just because you tempo the drill, right? If you're really pushing somebody, right? You know, run here, break, break mm-hmm. left, right, or lateral stuff. And then also we did a lot of fresh drills. Yep. And he told me to hit him in his chest. <laughs> you know, to jab him. So right. I was putting power behind my my hits. So for know? so for those that are watching. Um, you know, when you play cornerback, there is a, a time in which the proximity between the wide receiver and the defensive back is very close. 
And part of the strategy is to try to throw off their ability to run whatever route they're looking to run. And so what James was just sharing is that, all right, part of the training before they made their decision on who they wanted to pick, hey, well, I want to, I want to see what that looks like. And, bump and run. you bump and run, right? And so, hands on. And, and so sometimes one would just, you know, all right, coach, let me just shoot my hands. But you, you were, we throwing them things. Throwing them. You know? <laughs> and I also did... So when I went to the combine, I feel like I was kind of heavy. So what some of the workouts I did when I came home before the pro day mm. um, was doing like MMA, doing stuff like that. Wow. Because that, that was a lot of cardio that would get my weight down, right. um, the extra weight that I needed to drop. So it was just kind of natural, you know, just throw yes. strikes, throw them strikes. That's good. So we talked about pre-college, how basketball, soccer, and the different sports, even baseball, played a role in the athletic development and now, even when we're, you know, prior to uh, training for the league or making it to the NFL, now we've been able to tie in MMA on some of the combat sport training, but mm-hmm. also cardio, right? Oh, yeah. So um, that's so so that was a moment, right? That was a moment where you were shooting hands, showing Coach Bump and Run. This is the technique. This is how I this is how I strike, and that was a memorable moment. Because I wanted to, I wanted to impress them, mm. so. Mm, you know, mm, that's good. That's I feel good. like that was an opportunity for me to impress him. So. That's good. That, and, and that's what I do. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. Do. That's right. Well, and that you know, just being a technician at that, as, as you mentioned, even at the bump and run level, I, I appreciate that because you know you think about times in which it may be before the game to where you're doing. You know, he just got helmets on and, mm-hmm. and they're running through a little sample. I forgot who it was that I was watching. It may have been Revis or whoever. And they said, no, they ain't going to catch it down either, coach. I know this walkthroughs. I'm yeah. knocking them down too. You know, and so it, it just exemplifies a standard in which you want to represent regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, what we're doing. And, and then, of course, it, it paid well because you want to stay around. And they was like, look, we need we need to go get that, brother. Um, yeah. And that's 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 good. So tell us about this. Now, one thing we see, if we follow you on social media, Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, tweet a little bit, we may we may see hashtag Brad B love the kids or something like that. You know, tell us I about do. some of your community work and what you got going <laughs> on. <laughs> so uh, some of my future community work that I got going on. I know uh, May nineteenth. That's the day for it right now. Um, it's subject to change, but it's on a Wednesday. Um, the title for it is Youth for Unity. It's mm. at the Boys and Girls Club. Um, so what my whole goal for that that event is pretty much to uh, bring law enforcement, local law enforcement, um, to the local community, especially the youth, um, and kind of build a bridge between the two and uh, just form lines of communication to where we can be comfortable in this world between the two. Because there's a lot of conflict right now between the community and right. the law enforcement. Right. So you just want to kind of, I just want to bring, um, kind of relax people. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, and then yeah. give them an opportunity to ask questions that, and uh, get answers they might not know the, the questions to or yeah. the answers to. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, that's the that's, that's good, sure. bro. And, I, and, and, <laughs> and and even as you mentioned, you know today's climate um, and you know what we're able to see on camera, what we're able to see off camera, but the, the, there is a tension within the community, and so mm-hmm. you know with the influence you have and the uh, respect that you have in the community to be able to bring two um, parties together to say, hey, look, you know. We are we we are the community, right? And 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 we have to be unified to be able to represent that. So I I, I respect that for sure. So that yeah, that's good, man. Like it was only right, you know. And um, 
Like once a year, I try to do like host something to where right. for the community. Right. I feel like I can help the community. Right. And I haven't been able to do my uh, book bag drive just with COVID in the past, but now the COVID is relaxed. This is one of the events that I want to do just with you know recent yeah. activity that's been going on in America. That's good. That's good, brother. Hey, look, look, pro bowl on the field, pro bowl off the field. That that's I try. That's that's good. That that's good. Hall of Famer Deion Sanders says, if you look good, you play good. Here at The Planning Podcast, we believe that proper money management is important. And we also know that being financially fit represents the way in which you live. Now, just by listening to this podcast, you are part of the movement. And one of the most critical aspects of this is the way in which we spell planning. The A is replaced with the Delta sign. And those that are familiar with mathematics Delta represents change. A very consistent theme that we noticed that regardless of the objective, big or small, if you want any change to occur for the better, you're going to have to start planning. Be sure to check out our merchandise at www.stayplanning.com. S-T-A-Y-P-L-A-N-N-I-N-G. We'll see you there. So you had a good experience at the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Great uh, turnout in regards to performance. Now you've transitioned to New York. Uh, well, not necessarily New York, but ultimately you're at the New York Giants. The New York Giants. Yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, excuse me. The New York Giants. Hey, hey, we're in New Jersey, but we're right. New York Giants. Right, right. Tie me up, fans. <laughs> so, I, you know. Um, and then you, you make Pro Bowl, right? Like that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a you know, major accomplishment. You know, tell us about some of your expectations prior to the season. And, you know, do you feel like the the full representation of the season exemplified what you intended? So my expectations going up there were really like low as far as I didn't really have any. Yeah. Um, Because honestly, when I was in school, I got adjusted to that routine. So I was adjusted to whatever was going on at that school. So as college was ending, I was transitioning, going into the league, and I got into a routine, and I was used to whatever I was doing, and the same thing with Carolina. Right. So going to New York was, like, really different, especially, too, from, like, going from school to Carolina was way different. Going from Carolina to New York was way different because it was a different coaching staff. Um, I was also, expectations were higher for me Mm. when I was in New York because it's a bigger bigger market. Right. more, more, more TV games, and also I, I get paid more now. So yeah, what? Yeah, that that does help. Guys look at me to make plays, and we had a right. younger team, um, so I didn't really know what to expect. And then we had COVID that hit, so I didn't mm-hmm. really get a chance to go up there and have OTAs and meet any of the guys, uh, be around them, you know, just get a feel for them. That's a big deal. That's actually that's that's probably even thinking about thinking about the, you know. Even when students become college students, all right, I got to move to a different city. You want to meet your, you know, classmates or even just going to playing collegiate ball, Mm -hmm. not being able to build that initial camaraderie just based off of proximity. Right. That's a. I didn't even think about that. So now it's a new team, new city. And, you know, you're building the uh, uh, I'll just say your not only your experience, but some of the relationships virtually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how. 
Yeah, and then I don't really talk a lot, so it was yeah. And then especially being on the commute computer and Zoom, it's like let's say thirty defensive guys in one meeting. It's hard to listen right. to everybody talking at the same time. Like right. you can't really. I can't have a conversation with Ike or right. Right. Leo right. or Pep right on Zoom because it's it's difficult to hear everybody. And right. Everybody got to wait. You got to pause for hear them talk to hear them talk. Right. Hear that guy talk. So I was just be quiet most of the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's how it was for a lot of guys because we had a new coaching staff too. Wow. So guys on Zoom were like they was really quiet. Mm. It's a little bit more relaxed now, though, because we yeah, know each other. Of course, of course, of course. But that that is definitely corporations across the globe are going through this. Organizations across the yeah, globe are going weird. through it. Like, all right, how do we still have the cohesiveness of a team and of an organization, but not be next to each other, right? And so, yeah. and that actually suppresses the ability for certain ideas, comments, or questions to be able to be exchanged or even entertained because of the. You know, like you said, we got 30 people on the call, 50 people on the call, 12. And so unless we do something afterwards, you know, it, it will be tough to, to do that. So within COVID, you know, navigating just like everyone else, but still mm-hmm. also having the responsibility to train and, and ensure you're in, a, you're in a good shape. And you came in making noise pretty early. Yeah. Um, it was a successful season for me overall, you mm-hmm. know, Um that first game we played Pittsburgh, I gave up two touchdowns. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We gave two touchdowns, and I knew from that point on, like I gotta do something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we we kind of switched the defense around a little bit too. You know, we right. started doing some new things. Right. Um, to kind of fit my playing style. Um, and after that, you know, I just just put myself in the best position to make plays. Yeah. And, and, and then and when the opportunity came, I. When it made a play. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I, I have a few, few colleagues that are Giants fans, and they they love Brad B. You know, they love 2-4. And so um, it's, it's, one, fun to see the um, how you've been able to evolve in the league. And, and it's, it's two, um, what maybe probably most important for me is how you've been able to be an example uh, for mm-hmm. others that want to go to the league on how – you not only manage yourself off the field, but also how you've been able to dominate on the field. Um, tell us and one thing. We got a few more points before we finish up. Uh, of course, this is the planning podcast. One of the unique aspects about the planning podcast is how we spell planning. So I got my hat to the back, but planning is ultimately P-L delta sign N-N-I-N-G. So we replaced the A and, and, and put a delta sign. And in mathematics, um, delta represents change. Mm-hmm. And so we feel like anything that is significant in your life and you wanted to change, the foundation of that is through planning. Mm-hmm. Give us an example on how planning has been uh, effective for you in some of the decisions or some of the successes uh, that you've been able to accomplish thus far. Hmm. Um, like when I was in school and even like my first two or three years in the league, I was strictly football. Mm-hmm. You know, of course I had my plan. I was, it was a strict routine to go on to class. Right. I knew what time I had to be at class on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, right. what classes I had. So it was a routine that I had got together. So that was my planning. You know, I let the school, I let the, the coaching staff do my planning for me. Right. I just showed up. Right. Um, but now, now that I, I have opportunity to uh, create more 
you know, wealth not only for myself, but the people around me. And I also get back to the community more. I try to plan ahead more. Uh, I use a calendar now. Yeah. <laughs> I write down. Yeah, that's good. Like what I got going on and stuff. And I try to just learn different ways how I can make my money work for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, having, just having conversations with guys like you. Yeah. And of course, I got other mentors and stuff that I talk to and lean to when it comes to business. Uh, just I I'm, I feel like I'm in a learning stage right now. That's good. That's good. In my, in my planning process, just trying to learn as much as I can. That's good. That's good. Would, is there any um, recommendations um, for any... Now, again, we, the draft is actually going on right now, so mm-hmm. it's unique. We got this um, interview going. So f- let's say we got guys that's, you know, they're about to get drafted. All right, fellas, here is one, two, or even three money tips that you should either have top of mind or... Uh, recommendations that you would have for them? Yeah, so it all depends on like your your status in the league, honestly, mm-hmm. um, and how, how you enter the league. You know, if you're a high draft pick, of course, you got a little bit more money to work with. Uh, versus, <laughs> we like to call that discretionary dollars. <laughs> yeah, so just depends on what you're working with. For me, even had I been a, a low pick right. or a high pick, you know, I would have I feel like I would have saved my money. I was a high pick, but I was saving my money, you know? Right. Um, that's one thing my mom ta- taught me growing up. I was kind of a penny pitcher. Yeah. Pincher. I guess, in other words, cheap too. Yeah. You know, I was frugal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, that's all, that was what I was worried about was savings. So I say one thing is just saving my dollars. Saving your dollars, you know? That's good. Uh, number two, I would say find mentors, you know, mainly. Probably older guy, older guys that are older than you. Right, right. Have some right, knowledge on right, that on money. Right. You know, link up right, with them. Right. Uh, whether you gotta hire them or not, you know, it's good to have that knowledge right, there. Right, right. Um, I know. Yeah, I was, I was, I didn't want to do that early on in my career because I didn't want to spend that that money. But right, right. you know, it's important to have because I went to school for sports administration. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to school for finance and for accounting. Right. And I didn't right. learn about about money. You know, I'm learning it now. I'm learning it now. Right. So put yourself around those guys that know that know about, about that stuff. Um, and number three, ooh, the budget, man. Yeah, yeah you budget, better you say know. it. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's right. Like I said, everybody they come into they enter the league differently. You That's know, everybody right. Everybody has a different uh, amount of money that they have at their disposal. So right, learn how much you got. Figure out how much you want to save. Right. Play with the rest. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Don't spend none of it, but right, right, right. Have fun, but make sure you save some of it. That's good. That's <laughs> so good. That's and and it, and again, you know, fellas, even young ladies, young queens that are listening to this, you know, hopefully the the major takeaways that you got from that was of course save. Um, um, ensure that you have people you trust that you can get information from. Um, and then third, man, you got a budget. So uh, this is comes to the conclusion of today's podcast. We are uh, super excited to have today's guest, James Bradbury. Again, pro bowler James Bradbury. Appreciate you coming through, brother, once again. Appreciate um, you having me. Make sure y'all follow Brad B. How, how can we follow you? Man, I'm on Instagram okay. and on Twitter. Okay. Uh, B-R-A-D underscore, oh, B-R-A-D-B underscore 21. Okay, okay. You know what? It might be 24 now. Well, you they've know been, what? Been, my agent made me change it because for the longest I had it as Brad B underscore 21. Yeah. But I had to change it to 24. So how about this? Put James Bradbury in the just, one with the chain. Come yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> follow that. Follow my guy. There's a lot of good things here. 
uh, again, super excited. Today has been just even such a blessing for us to be able to have this moment. So, of course, make sure you subscribe, stay tuned, and y'all already know, stay planted.